0: Um you guys got about sixty seconds. So I'm gonna do a little intro here. Um if you look in your book, the next uh title is called Gospel Transformation, and it's really in essence a testimony. But every uh every testimony has lessons. And really, as we learned with David and Heather, what we heard from them was a testimony. This is what God has done in my life, my parents' life, my grandparents, and and on and on. Um, what is the value of this? When you actually read uh, the scripture, it's amazing how much it's history and story and testimony. It's about what God is doing or what God has done in people's lives. Because it's very easy to have, to hear teaching, um, and it's, it's, we agree and nod, but it's all kind of abstract. You know, truth has to be incarnate. Okay, incarnate. And you incarnate truth, incarnate as a verb. You incarnate truth through action, through obedience, through faith, through living out the things that we nod to, you know, when we hear teaching. Um, so God is real. The gospel's power is real. And the thing we have to remember, for at least those of us who got saved a little bit later in life, uh, maybe when you got saved as a child, you might not remember your conversion, but the gospel is no less powerful today than the day you got saved. Yes. No less powerful. And God wants to reach the people we know in our neighborhoods. Uh, I believe there are still some in our church community that don't know Jesus. Um, there are people at your work. There are people at the gym, at the ball field, go down the line. We all have a sphere of influence. We can all reach people for Christ, um, and he wants to save the lost. One more comment before Diane comes up. You know, in Dave and Heather's story, they, they talk about what they call fails. Um, I mean, unless a Christian is disobedient, there is no fail for us. It's second, It says in Corinthians, yeah, I, I want to read it. Um, is your Bible inspired, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. What version is this? i want to make sure. Okay, that's a good one. I got my Greek one over there. If you want me to read it in Greek, you won't be able to understand it, though. Um, listen to this. Um Here we go. You ready? Now listen to this. I thought it was the verse when Dave and Heather were speaking. Now thanks be to God, listening, who always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. Well then how can we use the word fail? Now, I know what they meant. I'm not criticizing them. But my point is, the failure isn't on the part of those who are obedient with the gospel. It's on the part of those who don't receive. They're not obedient to the faith. That's the fail. He leads us in triumph always, and listen, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God, to God, not to man, to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To God. To the one, we're the aroma of death to death. Well, that's what we call a fail. And to the other, the aroma of life to life. But to God, it's Christ. To God, it's the aroma of Christ in our lives. In Christ, we're always triumphing, even when some choose death. It's not our fail, it's their fail. It's their fail. So, failure, meaning someone not hearing the truth, not receiving the gospel, even a brother or sister in Christ who won't, won't hear the truth because they're you know, ensnared into sin, it can be heartbreaking. Okay? And it can feel like a failure on your part. But it's, it's not a fail. If, if we are faithful, that's all God wants. He just wants us to be faithful. And if we'll be faithful, then he'll determine what is life to life and what is death to, the, to death. It's, it's, the results are out of our control. Right? It's required in a steward, Paul says, for a man or a woman to be found, what? What? Faithful. Yeah, you be faithful. You sow the word, you 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 bear witness to Christ to your children, to your spouse, to your church, to your neighborhood community, and and let the let the Lord write the story because it's ultimately His story. Amen. All right, most awesome woman in the world next to Heather, of course, is my wife Diane, and she's coming up right now. Let's give her a warm welcome, Diane Boone.
1: Great. Well, you guys awake? Hasn't hasn't this just been amazing? I mean, we could just like end here. It's been so good. I've heard so so many good things. Um, But you know, I thought, well, you can't really have a, a conference on evangelism without someone telling the story of how they got saved. So that's me. Um, Some of you guys have heard my testimony, and and some of you have not, and I really, really, really would love for the young people, if if the young people could just, uh, if I could just have your ear, that would be great, Um, and you older folks as well, but um, I I think um, there's some young people here today. If you haven't noticed, they came last night, too. And, um, you know, God wants to speak to you. And I know God has probably already spoken to you. This is bad. I'm already starting out emotional. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sorry. I'm so sorry. But um, to you young people, let no one look down on your youth. Okay, I wanted to start out um, just by reading a passage, let's see, I have so many marked in my Bible here, and I think the one I want to share is, let's see, it's in Luke, Okay, Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 1, it says, After these things the Lord appointed other 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. I'm reading out of the very inspired version. (laughs) King James, so sorry about that. Um, But I told myself at one point in time in my... Christian life, I would give the King James a whirl, and so I am working my way through this this version. Um, I, I really love the NAS myself, but um, verse 2, therefore uh, said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, we've heard that scripture um, throughout the conference. Um, Now jump down to verse 17. So he sends them out two by two, and they go out, and they just see the Lord work and do amazing things. Verse 17, it says, And the 70 returned with joy, and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And Jesus said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your name is written in heaven. My name is written in heaven. I am 100% fully confident that my name is written in heaven. And I know that because the Word of God tells me that, but also my life has been evidenced by a miraculous transformation that in and of my human flesh I would not have been capable of. I have two disclaimers: disclaimer one, I am a work in progress, and I am not done and God is still right now currently presently transforming my life. Um, the second disclaimer is that um, when it comes to evangelism i I can look back since i 've come to Christ and I can see wow, where I had this just in my in my Soul, this, this burden to share Christ with other people. And I can look back and I can tell you about different people groups, different individuals, and you'll hear some stories of them uh, where I did share Christ. Um, but the second disclaimer is that, um, and as we're learning now, as God is telling this body, I want you to live and breathe in and out the gospel, that that is something that I have yet to get to. So, um, so I was born in 1963. Just a little bit about our culture at the time. 1962, guess what was taken out of the schools? Prayer. 1963, the Bible was banned from the public school. And so that's the kind of the, the, the context of our culture. And there, we, you know, if you weren't involved in those kind of conversations and debates and, and, and that time, um, it was intense and uh, it was very, 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 very sad. Um, so I was born in 1963 and um, I would have been one of those kids Going to Heather's mom's house. I did not grow up in a happy, yappy Christian homeschooling family. <sighs> no. Um. Yeah. I. I grew up and. Um. Uh, it was. It was rough. <sighs> so I would have been over, to Heather's house, and uh, walking in her mom's footprints. But there were, there were no families like that in my neighborhood that I knew that, that, that reached out to me. And so I basically was this little wild child surviving, trying to survive the, the chaos of my, of my home. So I had uh, I have four siblings. I was number four. Um, there were several years between all of us. So I wasn't really close to my older brother. I wasn't really close to my younger sister. Um, and my, um, uh, I, I think the thing that really made probably uh, my life growing up the, the most difficult, um, besides the fact that we, I did not grow up in a uh, Christian home, I grew up in a Sunday morning church going home, but um, it was not in the real sense, in any real sense, a Christian home. Um, but I think that the, the, besides that, the other difficulty was that my mom had epilepsy. My mom had a disease, and it, uh, it ran amok. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it really was our world. Our, our life revolved around my mom's uh, epilepsy. And so um, growing up as a little child, I would see her have seizures. Um, and if you've ever seen an epileptic, Epileptic have a seizure to a child, quite frightening. Okay, I saw my mom lose her, you know, bladder function. Um, When they have a seizure, they make scary sounds, they make scary movements. So, my ability to really bond with mom, yeah, it didn't happen. This is so. so, so I, uh, I really kind of kind of pulled more to my dad. And um, the problem there was that my dad my gosh, he was dealing with raising five kids and dealing with a sick wife that was in and out of the hospital, and he began to drink a lot. So he drank a lot. He'd come home, and I would remember. The first thing he would say, when he walked in the door, "I need a drink." I need a drink. And he wasn't a violent drunk. He wasn't a, um, a you know, physically abusive drunk. He was a, a drunk that um, would, would pretty much drink himself into, he's uh, sitting in his lazy boy, into a stupor and sleep watching TV. So totally absent, totally, you know. So as much as I tried to, you know, be a daddy's girl, um, you know, that that was tough. Uh, and so um, my mom eventually, um, she had a bad accident uh, dur- because of a seizure, and, and some of you know that story, but she ended up being in a coma for, for several years. And um, I, uh, I always believed in God, okay, here, intellectually, had that intellectual faith. I never doubted the existence of God. I never, I don't remember as a little child thinking, yeah I came from nothing, yeah, the big bang happened, yeah, you know, I, I always just I prayed to God, I thought about God. I remember swinging out in my backyard, looking into the sky, thinking about God. Um, one time I went on this little adventure. And I saw, you know, um, if you saw the Ten Commandments, the original first one, um, I remember going on this little adventure in my neighborhood, and I saw this cool big staff, and I remember holding it and just thinking about Moses. I went to church every Sunday. I heard some of the Bible stories. Heard about Jesus, um, but that was the extent. It wasn't. It was so far, and it and it and it wasn't personal at all, and so. Um so when my mom had her accident and she was in a coma, and at that time, I started to enter into junior high, I think that's when I really started to get a little rebellious. And, um, and so yeah, I, I, I was looking for Jesus. I didn't know I was looking for Jesus, but I was looking for him, and I was looking for him, obviously, in different places. Whether that was in relationships, I started down the drug path, I started down the partying path. Um, I, you know, just, um, I had one thing going for me though, because I I really had a good um, disguise, because I also loved sports. So I was involved in swimming, I loved um, uh, just some other different sports. That was the one thing that kind of was a glue between me and my relationship with my dad, um, because he would, he would be involved in my life in those areas, and, and that was it. But, um, so I was what they called back then a frock, um, part freak, part, part jock, and I, that they called us frocks, and that's what I was in junior high, high school. <laughs> And so, to my to my teachers, um, you know, they uh, they kind of saw me more on the jock side. Um, to my friends, they kind of saw me more on you know, they they knew I had that frock side. And uh, what had happened though is I just um, you can go. Let's see what slide is up here. Go ahead. Yes, as I just continued to um, look for Jesus in all these different places, um, I, I found that um, it, it was kind of like a normal, comfortable place. And um, and I was drawn to it, and I was pulled to it, to... Uh, just this, this darkness, this um, place that was bringing me further and further away from, um, from God. And so um, John three nineteen, it says that love, men loved the darkness rather than the light. And the context, or that whole scripture, it talks about how um, men who are, are fallen, um, we are under judgment. And um, you know, I, I had a sense of um, in the darkness. I had a sense that God was very mean and very cruel, and uh, and my, my perception of Him um, was that you know He was removed and He didn't care, um, and He was unlovely. He was ugly. He was ugly. Um, and, of course, that was false. That's a, that's a false perception of God, but that's the kind of God I saw. That He was the God that, that allowed my mom to have the sickness, that allowed my mom to, to be in a coma for, for three years. Um, it, 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 he was not a nice God. And so, um, you know, I, I think part of me was, was rebelling at him. You get angry, and um, and so my 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 kind of progression when I was in high school. Then um, you could come up to me, and, and 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 you don't know this person because this person is a new creature in Christ. So so I'm talking to you about I'm talking to you about someone you've never met. Okay, you don't know her, but um, you could come up to me. And I would sell you, um, I mean, we called them doobies and joints back then. I don't really know what you call them now. But um, you could come up to me and, 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 and buy a 100-lot bags of speed from me. Um, I, I uh, you know, I... I I was a different person. Um, and so some of my friends, as I began to kind of go further, uh, and, and I really, but for the grace of God, um, I, I ended up going out with a drug dealer. He lived in Granite City. And um, I mean, often there were times I'd come home, I don't even know how I got home. And, um, but when I started going out with this drug dealer who was into heavier drugs. Um, some of my cooked friends were like, you know, Diane, you're starting to worry worry us. So here my cooked friends are saying, you know, now I'm getting too cooked for my cooked friends. And of course, that made me, that infuriated me. It made me just rebel more. You know, I, I began to pull away from them and hang out with with this group of people that, uh, that uh, my boyfriend, the drug dealer, was around. And they were some bad dudes. Um... And then, uh, wow, you know, God, all along, of course he's drawing us and and you know, I have an outline, but it's it's I'm not following it, so <laughs> I, I'm sorry, so um, I can tell you the the answers later, but not following it. so um no, I lost my train of thought.. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am about to get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so I, 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 I started to um, feel some e- emotion. Okay. Um, when, when my friends pointed that out to me, it actually made me, like, l- take a look at my life. And not just take a look, but begin to feel I just was medicating myself, just numbing myself and uh, and wow, you guys, I just it was a it was a place of darkness. it was dark, I was miserable, I was depressed, I had no joy, I had no significance, I had no security i had no um, there was anxiety there there was no purpose and um, and for the first time uh, I actually, and I was, I was working at this place, um, I started to notice some Christians that were w- working with me. And uh, before I wouldn't have even, you know, given them the time of day, but I began to notice their life. And um, I'd go to work and I just, you know, would be really curious about them. Uh, and there was something about them that began to draw me. Um, so you can go to the, the next one. You know, why You know God uh, pulled me out of the darkness, I don't know. But um, I'm so grateful, because I don't think I would have made it. I, I, don't, I don't really know how long I would have lived. I, I really think I would have probably ended my life or been in some really bad situation. Um, but uh, as I began to notice these Christians... Um, they invited me uh, to a gathering with them, and at this gathering, uh, it was a day i actually i didn't smoke anything I didn't take anything I didn't drink anything and uh, and I was at, like clear you know up here and uh, one of the um, one of the the, the people I, I worked with actually um, began to engaged in in conversation with me. And I I pretty much uh, just told him how miserable I was and how miserable my life was. Have you ever done that? Told somebody and was so honest with them? If you do, Because if you haven't, and you do, I hope uh, that other person knows Jesus because this person knew Jesus. And so he uh, shared the gospel with me. And I I remember thinking, but wait a minute. I believe in God. I believe in God. I've gone to church. I, I, I know, you know, what Jesus did. And he clearly explained it. He said, Diane, you believe in a Savior who died for the entire world. You know this about him, but you're not believing in a Savior who needs to save you. And uh, making that connection was clicked, and he, he just invited me. He's like, you can ask Jesus to be your Savior right now. Okay, move, move to the next one. Nope, not that one. Oh, go, go to the next one. We might have to back up to this. Go to the next one. Oh, the other one didn't show up, I don't think. Maybe go to the next one. <laughs> there it is. That's what I want. That's what I want. Okay. So, so um, those are bleachers. And, and we were sitting right there on those bleachers when he shared Christ with me and where I accepted and prayed and asked Jesus into my life. And that was um, July of 1981. It was right before my senior year of high school. So that was at my place of employment, and then you can go back to the one previous, um, and I worked at that complex. Um, When I turned 50, I won't tell you how many years ago that was, but when I turned 50, David asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday. And I said, I want to go on a, I want to have a me and Jesus day, and I want me and Jesus to go down memory lane. And so I went back, and I went to all these places in my past. It was, the coolest, it was the coolest day ever, one of the best days of my life. But at every place I went to that was significant, um, Jesus just um, impressed on me that he was there. When that happened, when I did that, when this happened to me, he was there. He never lost sight. So I, I went back. So this, uh, I won't tell you how many years ago, I took that picture. I did some video footage just kind of sharing um, about remembering. Um, but, I, you know, if, if, if those Christians who I were working with, if, if they hadn't reached out to me in my place of employment, um, you know, maybe the Lord would have sent somebody else. But, but the point is that, you know, I got saved in my place of employment. If you're working, there are people who are in that darkness who are miserable, who are hurting, who, who don't even know they're looking for Jesus, and you got the goods, and you're right there in the same building with them. So, um, so I prayed to accept Christ, and my life, I had one of those, you know, from gutter to glory experiences, and, and, you know, God does that sometimes. God, you know, he will save a person. It might be a gradual understanding of the gospel, and then boom, it's like a Paul thing. It's like this major conversion, um, and uh, my life just Radically transformed. I went into my senior year carrying. Um, someone had given me my first Bible. Was a big hardback Ryrie Study Bible. If you know what that is, huge, thick, and I just proudly carried that thing into my high school. And and word had gotten out um, that I had gotten religious, and so people were 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 curious about it, and and I I just I loved Jesus. I I I could not believe um, what he had done for me, and I wanted to tell everybody. And I was like, Heather, I was a little fireball. Um, these Christians, one of them told, said something about, Gosh, yeah, you know what? Um, Diane would would preach the gospel to this trash can if she were here. <laughs> I mean, just, I, I mean, I, I was so radically changed. Um, I, I wanted everybody to know. And so these Christians that I worked with, they were plugged into a, a Bible study called Mariah. It was a youth ministry that my um, husband directed, and founded, and directed. And they invited, invited me to go to the study, and that's where I met David. Um, and of course, we didn't date uh, until many years later, but um, or else that would have been a little scandalous. <laughs> uh, but and then. Um, Diane and Joe Brayden—they um, knew me as a baby Christian. Um, actually, uh, the the person who led me to Christ—I ended up dating, and um, he was a very good friend of Joe's. And so I remember when they got married, their little apartment, their first apartment, they invited us to go to dinner with them or to come over for dinner. I was just—I I was just this young baby Christian, and so you know, Joe and Diane had known me for a long time as well. But um, but yeah, I was—I was just really. Um, I wanted to tell everybody about Christ, um, and and I did, um, and I got to see you know people come to Christ. I invited a lot of kids to that that Bible study, um, and uh, some of you know um, Karen Bruner, so um, you know if, if uh, her daughter's dating. Austin McCartney, it's kind of neat how things, you know, I don't know, you just, sometimes there's people in your life, you just, they're always, they always come back in your life somehow, but, um, um, you know, I had invited her to Mariah, uh, she will, you know, say to this day, even when we were at the Tylers for the Tyler Fest, she introduced me to some people, she's like, yeah, this is the girl who discipled me, the, the lady who discipled me back in the day, uh, but, um, but there was one in particular girl, her name was Mary, she was my best friend in high school. And this was the hand of providence, <clears throat> because Mary had a lot of influence on my life. Um, and uh, But two weeks after I got saved, she moved away. I mean, God just, just moved her entire family onto the, to the East Coast. And, um, and I was really sad about that, but I look back and I'm like, God just knows what he's doing. You know, he, he, he orchestrates these events and these circumstances in our life, and I can assure you that he knows what he's doing. Even when we think, wait a minute, God, I don't think that was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea if he did it. Um, but um, Mary, I, I began to correspond with her, and oh, I wanted her to come to Jesus so bad. Um, I sent her letter after letter after letter after letter after letter, um, etc., Uh, telling her about Jesus, talking to her about Jesus, until one day she finally writes me. She says, Diane, if you want to write me, I don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. So, yeah, I respected that, and I still wrote her, and I still wrote her, and I still wrote her, and I just didn't mention Jesus, and I just began to pray, um, pray for her very, very hard. to this day, I'm not sure if she's come to Christ. We've, we've kind of lost touch within the past few years now. But um, several years after I did not say anything else about Jesus to her, um, she wrote me, and she asked me to pray about something. I was like, yes, I can sneak Jesus back in there. And I did. I did. Um, but anyways, you can pray for her. Her name's Mary. Um, I, I, I found out also later that um, she had... Um, a sibling and um, a sibling-in-law that got involved with Campus Crusade for Christ and was on staff with them. So you, you see how God just, you know, bombards our life and pulls people in all sorts of different directions to, to, to get them to come to Christ because he desires all men to be saved. And, and, and you know, obviously that's why I, I can say, you know, that's why he saved me, because he wants all men to be saved. Um, I guess the question would be, you know, how in the world did I respond? How was how, how that good to even respond in me? Now, that's your mystery. That's the mystery. I don't know, but I, I did respond. So um, I, I got plugged into a church. I got plugged into um, this youth ministry and, um, huh, you know, just saw the Lord um, really begin to, to grow me in a lot of areas. Um, the thing about our life and, you know, we come to Christ and um, w- w- some of us really can recall that, that sense of, or that um, time of, of, of salvation, and, and some of us can't. But there's no question that God desires to sanctify our life and to transform our life. Um, there's no question that that's, that's what he wants to do in us. He has things for us to do. He has a purpose and a plan for our life. And if, if you would have told me back in the day that, you know, I would have been a pastor's wife, I, I, I would be doing, I, you know, doing different things, and I don't, even, I don't even want to name them because God knows, God knows, um, I would have just thought, there's no way. There's no way that little girl who basically raised herself, you know, could be doing some of the things I've done. And it's it's testimony to what God wants to do in our life through transformation. He doesn't want to save us and then just let us sit around. He, He has things for us to do. He has people for us to reach. You no, we have the remedy. There's no other remedy. If we don't take to other people, you know... Um, you can go to the next one. Let's see what's up there. Yeah, so as I, you know, grew and God worked in my life and began to sanctify me, I had to go through a lot of healing. I had a lot of baggage, you know? And, and you know, I can sit here and tell you my story and, and even remember the painful things. And, you know, we're people of emotion and people of affection. And if I didn't shed tears about some of that stuff that happened, you know, that would be weird. It doesn't mean that God hasn't delivered me or healed me or freed me. I, I praise God that he's been able to just bring so much healing in my life. I needed it. I needed it. But, but part of that healing and, and, and freedom requires that um, we realize We realize that once you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, you are not your own. You belong to God. And if you get that, the things that he can do through you... um, what's the next one? Okay, huh? I love that picture. That's a great picture. Um, but before we go to that picture, um, I'm going to play that video in a sec. Uh, so, so some of the things, some of the ways that just, um, I, I think when we share the gospel, one of the things I heard last night was, um, you know, that comes from a, 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 a heart that, that is motivated by love. Love for Jesus, and and if if you have no affection or love for Jesus, I mean, why would you want to tell anybody? I mean, it becomes it just becomes a duty and an obligation, and and who likes to do stuff because of that? I mean, I I, I told people about Jesus because I loved him. I loved him. I, I I could not believe what he did for my life. He saved my soul. I will be in heaven with him forever. He's delivered me from so much heartache and. You know, um. So when I when I think about the different people that that the Lord has used me to share with, I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, God, I believe God handpicked me to go share with a woman in New Orleans during the Katrina disaster, and her name was Kathy. How do I know that? Because when the Katrina disaster happened, I began praying. I, I, knew, I just knew the Lord wanted me to go there. There was something he wanted me to do. And so a bunch of us at church, there were some of us that, you know, we felt the same way. We sent a team down there. And, and sure enough, we were assigned to, to, to this one woman's house to help gut it. And lo and behold, there's a book in there with my name on it. Diane Vaughn, same exact exact spelling. okay, And that's rare because most people spell Vaughn without that little A at the end. But that book had that little A at the end. And and when someone brought that to me, it it was like God singing to me, hello. Now go tell that lady why you're here. You're not here just to clean her house. You are here to tell her I love her. I so loved her. And I gave my only begotten son for her. You go tell her, use the book. Okay. And, and I took the book, and I'm like, hey, Kathy, can I talk to you for a minute? She's like, sure. I'm like, somebody found this book in your house, and, and that's my name. She's like, oh, well, did you write that book? And I said, no. No, I, 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 did. I didn't write that book, but, but that's my name. And, and my name was in your house. And I just got to tell you why I'm here. And I can share the gospel with Kathy. Now, why, why did the Lord, you know, why did Kathy need that experience? God knows. She needed that experience, and God allowed that to happen, and I'm so grateful that I was willing to go. If that was the only reason my God wanted me to go, it was to tell Kathy about Jesus in New Orleans during the Katrina disaster. Crazy. Um, when we moved to our neighborhood in, in O'Fallon, um, we had uh, some neighbors across the street. And I remember the Lord saying, um, uh, you know, Diane, just um, this woman has a hard time trusting people. So, so you just be gentle with her. You love her. Develop a relationship with her. And I began to do that. Didn't say anything about the Lord. Didn't say anything about Jesus. Our kids began to, pl- to play together. <coughs> Well, one day, um, and I was getting a little, like, can I say something now, God? Can I say something now? I was just like, and I just kept getting this impression. No, 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 be her friend. So one day, (laughs) I'm sitting in the backyard. I'm reading my Bible, and she comes across or around the backyard um, to ask me a question. And she notices my Bible. And she's like, oh, what are you doing, Diane? Diane. I said, oh, I'm just reading my Bible. She's like, you read your Bible? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I would like to know more about that. So we ended up going out to dinner, and I told her about Jesus. We came outside, sat in her car, and she prayed and accepted Christ. They, they, moved, they moved away to Warrington. We still keep in touch a little bit. But um, I found out recently through um, a volunteer at Thrive, she comes up to me one day at Thrive, and she's like, Diane, uh, do you know Kim? So-and-so? I'm like, oh, yeah, I know her. She's like, hey, yeah, I met her at um, the Bible. Uh, I go to BS, BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, and she's, she's in that. And no, I didn't even know she was going to Bible Study Fellowship. But I was so grateful. She's getting fed the Word of God, you know? Um, because, you know, I, I did a little discipleship with her, not a lot. When they moved away, lives got busy. Um, but, but that was a cool story. Um, the other thing, um, just in, when I went to nursing school, um, I remember just having a, um, you know, Lord, how can I reach these fellow nursing students? And uh, I remember, you know, just saying, okay, let's, um, let's start a group, uh, Nurses Christian Fellowship. And so um, we started this group, me and a couple. I did meet a couple other Christians. Uh, Well, there was a girl named Tracy that started coming around. And um, Tracy came to Christ. Tracy started coming to the youth study and then eventually came to our church, um, the church that I was going to. Uh, but, but we also held, on this, held a, this a little evangelistic event where I showed the film Johnny and I had David come. And we had, I don't know, there was a, a bunch of nursing students in there, that auditorium. And after the Johnny film, uh, David shared the gospel. And then uh, after I graduated, now back in the day, we did, the, the, we did these things called nurse, nurse, nursing care plans. And, you know, you get, there's a diagnosis, no, assessment. Diagnosis, prognosis. Anyways, I developed this track. And if you're in nursing school, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know, they don't really use care plans anymore. I don't know what they use. Everything's techno. They do, okay? <laughs> Anyways, I developed this, like, track. Um, and I, and I, I, I wrote the gospel in such a way that it was their language. It was this nursing language that they were just, like, in, engulfed in, um, as you are in nursing school. And I, I mailed it to every single one of my nursing students after we graduated. Um, I got a couple letters back, and one of them, um, and, and you know, I, I, want, I wish I could have dug out some of this, because and, and I, I still have it, it's somewhere in my house, I, I don't know, but it's somewhere in there. But this one um, fellow nurse uh, wrote, wrote me back, and um, it was very sweet. And she said, Diane, she's like, thank you for t- taking the time to consider me important enough that you would tell me this. Um, and then we, um, we had the privilege to open our home up to um, Rose, David's mom, lived, lived with us from the time uh, we got married. And, uh, you know, Rose, she saw our life. We, we shared many times with her. Um, but it wasn't until about two weeks before she, um, she died that she accepted Christ. Um, And I'm sure she accepted Christ. She was very much Catholic and would not miss Mass and um, told us for sure she wanted last rites when she died. Um, But when she accepted Christ, uh, right before she died, we asked her if she wanted the priest to come. And she said, I don't need that. I have Jesus. Um, Cool, cool stories. But see, that's what, when the gospel transforms your life, you are a new creature, and you have this message, and, and you should rightly share it. It, it should fl- flow freely from you, and you know, we, th- there's an enemy, and he doesn't want us to do that, so he distracts our life, and he gets our life busy, and he gets our life off priority, and, and obviously now the Lord's getting us back on priority here. So that's that's awesome. But, um, you know, I, even though I can look back and I can see these things and, and share these stories with you, um, you know, I think, how many opportunities did I miss? How many opportunities have you missed? And so, I, you know, redeem the time. The days are evil, and we may not have, uh, you know, who knows? And so you know, let's let's seize that opportunity. Um, someday uh, we're going to cross the finish line, and I want to fin- I want to I want to finish well, and I want to finish well by remembering to tell uh, God's story of His great love for us. Um, Thrive. We started to. Um, I had shared that we. Um, changed up the way we present the gospel, and and it seemed fitting to share it with you guys because, uh, you know, we're at a, an evangelistic conference, so it's nice to have, you know, the testimony, but it's also nice to actually hear the gospel. And so I'm gonna show you um, a format of the gospel that we do use, um, and this is the new format that we use. And we actually, this one's put to music, we don't always use the one that's put to music with them, but it's on a PowerPoint, and we just swipe, sweep through um, the slides. Um, but it's called Rise, and it's interesting. We named the, the gospel Rise before this song came out by Katy Perry. Um, Katy Perry, um, you might have the lyrics there, but she she had. Um, yeah, let me, do we have one? She she wrote this song after we named our um, little presentation "Rise," and I just wanted to read a little bit of it because um, you might not sometimes hear the, the lyrics when this plays. But she says, "I won't just survive. Oh, you will see me thrive." can't write my story i'm beyond the archetype i won't just conform no matter how you shake my core cuz my roots they run deep oh ye of so little faith don't doubt it don't doubt it victory is in my veins i know it i know it and i will not ne- negotiate i'll fight it i'll fight it i will transform and when i think about this song i kind of think of saying some of these lyrics to to sa- satan Because he wants us to quit the race. He wants to paralyze us from God's call on our life. And he wants us to waste our time. So um, listen to the song that we are the, and you can kind of read the words, the gospel's laid out, um, and you can go ahead and play that now. maybe thank you Getting closer. Oh, I don't know. I'm so. I, I just trash my notes. Thank you. And that's the, the prayer we would pray with the girls now. So it's kind of neat. We're getting some really good responses from the girls um, with it. And what's really kind of neat is just how God, um, I mean, he, he's, he's allowed me to use my nursing uh, skills um, to be employed at a, at a place where I have the liberty and I have, um, I, I'm able to share the gospel, which is a dream for a nurse. Um, you know, a Christian nurse to be able to uh, freely share the gospel with, with our patients. And, of course, I could share many stories there, but I won't. But um, so those lyrics, pretty catchy lyrics, and uh, now lyrics that um, make sense here. Um, Pre-Gospel transfer- Transformation Days, uh, I heard a different song, and it was a song by Van Halen called Running With the Devil. And there was a distinct memory, and I'm almost done, there was a distinct memory when I'm in my basement, I I had some friends over, we're partying down there, we had the music cranked up, and um, Van Halen's Running With the Devil came on, and I'm literally (coughs) singing these words. I live my life like there's no tomorrow. Yes, I'm living at a pace that kills. Running with the devil, running with the devil. I'll tell you about it. I found the simple life ain't so simple. When I jumped out on that road, I got no love. No love you'd call real. Running with the devil. A transformed life um, does not run with the devil anymore. We run with God. So that last picture with the shoes hanging up, um, someday we're going to get there. We're not going to have to run this race anymore, this side of heaven. But while we are here, and while we do have those shoes on our feet, um, let us just be ever more vigilant um, to be about our Father's business.
0: Can you hear me now? Isn't my wife awesome? That's why I married her, man. I got good taste. My wife says I'm picky, and then she says, that's why you picked me. huh?" <clears throat> um, well, what to say, what to say. Um, I wanted us to have some time to do a little workshop, but I think since it's so late, we're not going to do that, unfortunately. But would you mind praying with me a little bit before we go? Would that be okay? Um, If you remember last night when I spoke on Matthew, Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. And many of you stood and said you would commit to that. So I want to encourage you to do that um, and really be committed to that. Also, um, you know, as, as David and Heather shared their stories, as Diane shared her story stories, I was, I was wondering, you know, Do we all have those stories? I mean, if we're saved, we have the story of getting saved, but do we have the other stories? Do we have the people I've led to Christ stories? Even the people that I've witnessed to that rejected me stories? Remember, for us, that's still victory, right? The gospel won out. Do we all have those stories? Um, If not, we we can. Uh, We should, but... I don't want to. I don't want to stress the should. I want to stress the can. And um, the, you know, I just say the a word about my experience is that, as Diane pointed out, and anybody that really walks with Jesus knows, your life is never what you expect it's going to be. Okay, because if you're really surrendered to the Lord, He takes you places you would never go. Okay. And and places you don't think you could. There's no way I can do that, God. I can't. That's, you just don't even see it. Um, so uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to lead many people to Christ over the years, hundreds, really. Um, and who would have who would have thought? You know, I was a wasted, hateful, atheist, drug user, and everything. I mean, I was a bad person. So, you know, God takes broken things, and he fixes them, and then he uses them to reach other broken people. So, you know, we're all in different places in our walk with the Lord. But... I want to address the common misperception, and that is, you know, I've got to get all my stuff together and then I can, then I can be a witness. You will never have all your stuff together. Yeah. Okay. Remember, as much as you should be, have a testimony, okay, your testimony isn't really your testimony. You're not pointing people to yourself and saying, look how good I am now. You're pointing them to Jesus and saying, look what Jesus can do in a person's life. So when you share Christ, you you can use your story, but it's it's Christ we're pointing people to. I, I would never stand in front of anyone and say, trust in me, believe in me. You're not saying I will save you. You're saying Jesus will save you. And so, you know, if you you look at our lives, well, we're an imperfect witness, right? If you look at the church, it's an imperfect witness. If you look at our families, imperfect witness. But that's why we have a perfect Savior, because we're imperfect. So don't let that, and that's one of the main things I hear people say. They either say it or imply it. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I know I need to, Share or step out, and but I got to get my act together, you know. Or I I got this problem in my life, or I got this problem in my marriage, or this. You know what? That's the devil, man. He's going to get you running around in circles, chasing your tail. Sometimes stepping out is the very thing that opens up new avenues of God's power in your life. That ends up affecting your growth, affecting your marriage, affecting your children in a positive way. Because you're opening yourself up by faith and obedience to God really working. Um, leading someone to Jesus is a glorious thing. And I believe that we can all have that experience. Praying with someone and seeing them go from darkness to light is a glorious thing. I mean, if you have any doubt about the reality of Christianity, when you see somebody go from that to that, you're like, Jesus is alive. Not only did I experience it, I've seen it in, in, my, in, in front of me many times. Jesus is alive. Um, Ironically, we end up benefiting from being witnesses. Our faith is built up. We grow. So uh, that's not, of course, the main motive. But um, as God blesses others with the salvation, he blesses the messenger, too. So um, it's been a long weekend. Uh, I'm glad we heard a lot of stories and didn't hear a lot of abstract uh, teaching because I think many of us um, know the abstract teaching. It's that it's, it's, so we need to um, incarnate it, as I said earlier. So let's stand together because we're all getting tired, right?
2: <clears throat>
0: Take a few moments to pray. Um, If you'd like to pray, come up here. I'll hand you the mic. Don't be too long. Uh, but, I mean, you don't have to pray. But if you'd like to pray, I'd like others to be able to hear you. So come up, grab the mic, and pray. And then I'll, I'll conclude our prayer time.
1: God, we just thank you so much for last night and today. And we just humbly come before you and we ask you, Lord God, send us, use us, fill us, Help our, our mouths to, to speak up for you. Help us not to be ashamed of you. Give us boldness. And God, I just, I just pray that you would impress upon us um, that we, we have the answer. You are the answer, and I thank you, God. When I went to my 20-year high school reunion, I had an old friend come up to me and say, Hey, Eckert, are you still into Jesus? And I said, Yes, John, I'm still into Jesus because he's the only thing that works. So I thank you, Jesus, that you work. You are the solution for all people at all time. Amen.
3: Father, I, uh, I confess <clears throat> just the uh, really kind of sin of pride of thinking that I could uh, somehow get my life together in order to start speaking well of you. And I know that I'm not the only one here. And I thank you and I praise you for your glorious grace mm-hmm. to lead me in a just a season of. Sorrow of how I really walked away from you to find fulfillment in many other things. And then I thank you for your grace of repentance. And I ask, Lord, that uh, you would help all of us to be led into just a season of repentance in that same false belief of thinking that we'll tell other people of the wondrous, good God Mm -hmm. when we see the circumstances of our life being wondrous and good. But until they're wondrous and good, we'll kind of keep quiet about God. No, help us to repent of that. Mm -hmm. Help us to speak of the wondrous, good God Because he is wondrous and good. And let us get the focus off of ourselves. And on to eternity.
4: Amen. Lord, Thank you so much, God, <clears throat> for the speakers this weekend, um, for them blessing us, God, for the time they put in, Lord, for the words they gave us, for the stories they shared, Lord. And I pray that it would be an encouragement to all of us, God, um, to be faithful, um, even from what Joe started with um, to what Diane ended with, that the gospel, um, the beauty of it, the power of it, Lord. So I pray that we would be um, energized by your spirit um, to be faithful to the gospel, to be faithful, to share, to be faithful, um, to go, God. And I pray, Lord, you would use us, um, use this church, use the people here, Lord, um, to, to, to spread the word, Lord, regardless um, of, of the good situations or bad that occurred, for us to be faithful to spread it, because there will be many, many, many good stories um, as we heard um, today, Lord. So use us, and in the years to come, um, may this... Um, conference be one of the catalysts um, in our lives yeah. that we can look back and say, yes, um, that helped me, that encouraged me, um, that sent me in the right direction in, in terms of being um, faithful, Lord. So thank you, God, um, for this time. Um, it is sweet to, to fellowship with brothers and sisters. It is, it is sweet to hear your word. And um, I pray that we would truly understand um, the beauty of Christ. In our heads and in our hearts, Lord, help us to get get that um, objectively and subjectively,
5: dear Heavenly Father. We just ask that you would raise up workers, that you would raise up those your children within these walls and outside of these walls, to go into the fields and reap the harvest. Father, I just pray for your spirit to fill us, fill us with boldness, fill us with um, confidence, with knowledge, teach us to preach the gospel to our hearts, teach us to preach the gospel to our families. And let it be such a part of our conversation that we find ourselves preaching the gospel in all situations, to our neighbors, to our coworkers. I thank you for this time and this calling.
6: Lord, your word says in Romans 1, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Lord, your gospel is so powerful and it's so manifest in the lives of so many people around us. Um, Lord, continue to quicken those areas of our hearts where we... Um, simply need to wake up and realize that you can manifest that same power in the lives of so many more people around us god that no one is beyond your reach no one is beyond being saved by you help us to see the people around us as you see them god for you so love the world that you gave everything you gave your only son so that through him, we could be made right with you. Thank you, Jesus.
7: Lord, I pray for my neighbors. I pray for Jeff and Michelle. Lord, I just... um. I thank you that they're boys, that they're willing for the boys to go to Awana with our boys just this week, Lord. And I know that I need to delay no longer in um, just building that relationship with Michelle, Lord, and building that relationship and sharing um, your word with her, Lord. And I pray that you'll just make me um, bold, Lord, that I will not delay, Lord. And um, I thank you, Lord, for who you are and all you've done.
6: I pray.
0: Anybody else want to pray for a neighbor or a coworker by name?
8: Tell us that we're two or more are gathered, you are here. Just thank you, Father, that you are here, that you are walking amongst us, that your spirit is inside of us, but that you are present with us. And so I just ask with my brothers and sisters right now um, for the salvation of Joey and Jake and their dad and their whole family, Lord. I just pray that you would, um, just in your wisdom, that you would find us to. Um, be worthy to continue to be a part of their life and to just effectively proclaim the gospel to them. And um, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you for all the opportunities that you have for each of us here. I just pray that we, um, just echoing the prayers of um, my brothers and sisters, that we would be emboldened, that we would be courageous to um, be beautiful feet to carry the gospel of good news to all that we come in contact with, Lord, because it is such a gift. I just also want to say thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much for Jesus, for taking my place and all of our places on the cross. We praise you. We love you. We proclaim your name, your beautiful, beautiful name.
9: Jesus, I just thank you that you give us, um, I guess, just opportunities in ways that we really wouldn't think of. I really want to lift up the students in my aftercare. Father, as the next generation, I just lift up them to you. I see them five days a week, and sometimes I just see them as a struggle, and so I'm sorry. Help me to put them in your hands, God. And as I preach the gospel more to myself, that it would come out uh, to these students, God. Lord, as, I, um, as they come to the aftercare with me and we hang out, Jesus, I just, um, I just pray that you would give opportunity that we can talk and that both sides would really listen. Me listen to them and they also listen to the words that you have to say. I know right now I don't see a lot of fruit, but Lord, I pray that we change your name.
10: Dear Lord, I want to lift up um, to you, my friend Devin, Lord, um, you know that for the last two years, I've been trying to meet with her and share the gospel, um, but the devil has not made that possible, Um, Lord. And you know that my heart um, is right before you, and I've been wanting to do this. Um, And so, God, as we've already planned this week to meet up on break, Lord, um, that you would keep the devil uh, completely away, Um, Lord, that you would bring her um, heart uh, to know you and to be soft and to be ready um, when I share you with her, Lord, Um, and bring her to our college group, Lord, Um, bring her. Um, to this church, um, God, just uh, make her ready um, for you, Lord, and save her, Lord.
7: Yes, Lord, I just want to lift up my coworker page to you. Um, God, you know her heart and you know where she's at. Um, I just pray, God, that you just soften her heart, God, and give me boldness to just share the gospel with her. Um, God, I thank you for the boldness you've given just to share about you with her. Um, God, I thank you that she's seen that I'm different than other people, that she has been around. Um, And I thank you for the conversations that I've already been able to have with her, God. But I just pray that you just give me um, boldness and opportunity to um, just share the actual gospel with her, God. That she would know that it's not just for me, but that it's for her, too. That she would know that the difference um, that you've made in my life um, can make a difference in her life too, God. Um, God, I just pray um, just that you continue to give me opportunities at my job to um, just be a witness for you, God. And um, I also just pray, um, God, that you would just give me a bold witness to share with my family. Um, As so many of them don't know you, God, and God. I just pray for them, God. I pray that you would just continue to soften their hearts, God. Would you just soften the hearts of just like my Uncle Greg and Michelle, God, who just don't even want to hear your name in the room. God, would you just soften their hearts? God, I just pray for my family on my mom's side who... You know, just recently experienced the death, God of of their dad, and they just have they they just really don't like you, God. And would you just use that, God? Would you use that to show them that, um, you know, <laughs> life is short, and um, you are real, and you really do care about them. And now is the time. We can't just sit around and wait until our deathbed. God, would you just embolden this church? Bring us to a culture of evangelism. That we really do have compassion. That we really do look at the multitudes. And, and just know your love for them. That that gospel is for them too. That that gospel is for our co-workers too. That the gospel is, is for other people around us, that the gospel is for our family, too, and the people that we see all the time that we just kind of don't even think about, and the people that we see at Chick-fil-A and at Starbucks, the gospel is for them, too. But God, would you also just help us to see, God, that the gospel is for those people that are halfway across the world that have never even heard it, too. God, would you help us to remember to actually pray for laborers, and also, God, just be willing to go ourselves. God, would you just give us the strength? Would you just give us the courage? As I know that you do, God, would you hope us not to be led by fear? In Jesus' name.
2: Father, I want to thank you for yesterday and today, and last night and today, Leather, and just... Um, the encouragement and the truth and the light you've given us to understand how we need to share our faith. Father, I want to thank you and praise you for the opportunities, Lord, for my neighbors, uh, for Pam and Bob, that you've uh, opened a door for a relationship with them and the struggles they're going through. Father, help me to really reach out to them and that you would lead me and guide me in, in touching them and sharing, continue to share the gospel with them. Father, I thank you for the open door that you've um, provided for my new neighbor, Ed and his wife, and uh, Father, that you would lead me also to really pursue um, that and that to, to be obedient to your spirit. And also I pray for my family, my brother Mark, and my brother Bill, and my sister Ruth, um, a real opportunity, Lord, to really just to spend some time with them and to really, really, Father, you just lift that up that time, and that you would bless that, and that would bring fruit of salvation for my family.
10: I just want to thank you for this weekend. Thank you for all the speakers and just what an encouragement they were to me and others here. God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share the gospel. Lord, forgive me for looking on it. As an obligation and a chore. God, um, I just want to pray for everyone here that we would just love you so much, that we would, people couldn't shut us up. God, I want to lift up my brother to you. Thank you for um, Diane sharing her testimony. God, no one's too far gone to come to know you, and I thank you for that. And I just I pray that you um, pull my brother out of darkness, and that pull him out of misery, and just help him to see what you have for him, Father. Jesus. name,
0: Lord, we thank you that, uh, as Amy just prayed, no one is too far gone. There's no one that's too evil, and there's no one that is too good. We've all sinned, all failed, all fallen short of the glory of God. And Lord, that's true of everyone we meet. So everyone is a candidate to be saved. We thank you, Lord, that you've saved us, those of us that know you, and there's any here that don't really know you, we ask, Lord, that you might remove the veil from their heart. They might understand, Jesus, that your death and resurrection was for them personally. And they would call upon your name, the name of Jesus, and they would ask you to save them. And your word says that you will. I pray, Lord, that... um, You would continue to stir us up individually and as a community that we would be faithful ambassadors of Christ. I want to lift up Pastor Joe and his church to you. Ask for your protection and your anointing on their efforts to reach the community. We want to lift up Rob and Michelle to you and Door International. Ask for your anointing and blessing on their efforts to reach the deaf community. God, we want to see your your name honored, when men and women bow the knee to the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in that name. Amen. I love you guys. Hope you had a good weekend. And uh, thanks again to all the people that work, Jake and Mike and the Kesslerings and the Deans and Justice and all of our speakers for everything. Awesome. Oh, wait, we have gift cards. Wait, wait. If you don't want to give them out, I'll take them.
5: <laughs> all right. First, Twitter. Um, Andrea and Christy were back and forth all day. And actually, I think they ended up tied or with one, within one from each other. And I didn't count after we prayed in case somebody liked or retweeted something. So instead, we'll just give out four and Andrea and Christy will each get one. And Facebook, everybody let Jake run away with it. Nobody tried to stop him. So Jake wins one. And then my wife was the only one who posted on Instagram, so she wins one. <laughs> How does she win one? You don't have one. I'm going to buy it later. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, just take her to dinner. You're married. Hey, hey, listen, you know, the, the, the one of the points of doing this giveaway for the, the, the Facebook, Twitter is, you know, you guys, you youngins especially, you can reach thousands of people that I could have never reached when I was your age. I had to actually talk to people. I had to pick up the phone or I had to drive across the city to the meeting where I was preaching. Don't talk about your coffee every morning, okay, and your donuts. Talk about your Savior. Start lifting up Jesus on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Out of the abundance of the heart, let your mouth
2: flow. Amen? Amen. All right, love you guys. See you tomorrow.